0: After more than a week flying around US airspace, the Chinese spy balloon, or at least one of them, has finally been shot down. The international incident has provoked all sorts of questions. What were the Chinese looking for? Why did the US government let it get halfway across the country before acknowledging that the Chinese spy balloon even existed? Why did it take so long for Biden to shoot the damn thing down? All fine questions. We should get the answers, but there are more important questions that we should get answers to first, because despite all the sensational headlines, the balloon is not that big a story. What is the story? What is the news from the Chinese spy balloon? That China is spying on the United States? We already know that. Every powerful country on earth is constantly spying on every other powerful country, And this is especially true of the U.S. and China, the global hegemon and now the rising second power. The balloon is the least of it. Whatever intelligence China picked up from the balloon, I promise you they have picked up 10 times, 100 times more, more than 100 times more information from their satellites over our heads and their telecom systems that they have in the U.S., And the technology that they manufacture for us almost exclusively, the supply chain they control entirely, and the social media spy app TikTok that we all willingly download to our phones, through which we give the Chinese access to our data, our voices, our locations, our faces. What's the story here? Biden is incompetent and corrupt and dominated by the Chinese. Yeah, we already knew that. It's all troubling. I'm not denying it. I'm not excusing anything. But my only questions are, one, why are we all talking about this stupid balloon that doesn't reveal anything new about our political order? And two, what are we, conveniently for our rulers, not discussing while everybody is distracted by the shiny object floating in the sky? I'm Michael Knowles. This is The Michael Knowles Show. Welcome back to the show. My favorite comment Friday is from Robert Copter, who says, pretty harsh comparing Tom Brady playing a few more months of football to causing the downfall of a kingdom. Listen, some people thought that my comparison between Tom Brady and Hezekiah, King of Judah, was harsh. And I think it was harsh, but it was fair. Okay, that's the way it goes. That's the way it goes. You don't want to live a life that is unbalanced, okay? And and when you want to restore balance to your own body, you need to check out Balance of Nature. Right now, go to balanceofnature.com, use promo code Knowles. You know, I love Balance of Nature. It can be tough to think, okay, did I get all my right fruits and veggies and this vitamin and the, that? No, people don't pay attention to that, okay? Balance of Nature, fruits and veggies, that's the best way to make sure that you are getting essential nutritional ingredients every single day. Their products are 100% whole food. Balance of Nature uses a cold vacuum process that preserves the natural phytonutrients in whole fruits and vegetables and encapsulates them for easy consumption. Ballots of Nature sent a bunch of their products down to our office for our team to try. And these animals, these hyenas, right when I go, I say, okay, maybe I'll get a couple more bags of that. They're gone. These animals just take them all for themselves, my my colleagues over here. Well, when you are disciplined enough to take care of your health, you reap all kinds of benefits. That's why everyone wants to take them. More energy, less fatigue, better focus. Consuming the right balance of fruits and veggies every day is an important first step. Go to balanceofnature.com promo code Knowles for 35% off your first order as a preferred customer, plus free fiber and spice. That's balanceofnature.com promo code Knowles for 35% off your first preferred order. I'm immediately going to violate my own advice and talk about this balloon, but only briefly. I'm going to talk about the balloon very briefly because everyone's talking about it. But then I want to move on to stories that I think really matter? Because I, I think that the stories we're not talking about, while well, we're all distracted by a literal balloon, it, it, the only way it could have been more on the nose is if, is if it were a Chinese spy butterfly. We're all there and we say, hey, man, you guys hear that Pfizer executive who just admitted that Pfizer's planning to uh, conduct gain-of-function research or directed evolution research on, to, to beef up the viruses? And actually, he also, did you hear he admitted that the vaccines, it would seem, affect women's fertility? Oh, look, a butterfly. Oh, look, a balloon. What what were we talking about? Probably wasn't that important, right? Uh, However, I will run through it very, very quickly. The Chinese spy balloon was first identified over Billings, Montana. That was the first balloon. Then there was a second balloon that was observed over Canada. There might be a third balloon in Latin America. There may be another balloon in the United States. Uh, The Department of Defense revealed on Friday that the spy balloon is not just a balloon in the sense that you don't just kind of let it go Chairman Xi lets it go over the Pacific. We see where it lands. The balloon is apparently maneuverable. So it would appear to be controlled remotely or by artificial intelligence. Uh, DOD observed it changing direction at 60,000 feet in the air. And so the, the first call was, why aren't we shooting this thing down? Here's what Joe Biden had to say. When I was briefed on the balloon, I ordered the Pentagon to shoot it down on Wednesday as soon as possible. They decided without doing damage to anyone on on the ground, they decided that the best time to do that was it got over water outside within our within 12 mile limit. They successfully took it down. And I want to compliment our aviators who did it. And we'll have more to report on this uh, a little later. Thank you. I told them to shoot it down and they didn't want to shoot it down right away when I told them on Wednesday but they eventually they did. Okay, why didn't they want to shoot it down right away? By the way, the DOD knew about this days, but there was almost a week or I'm sorry, more than a week uh, from the time that the drone balloon plane thing entered US airspace to the time we shot it down. Then Biden says, oh, yeah, well, I told him to shoot it down on Wednesday, but we were afraid it could harm civilians on the ground. That was that was the storyline, at least they shoot the thing down doesn't seem very credible to me, though. According to the Pentagon, it was strongly recommended by Chairman of the Joint Chiefs, General Milley, who had just taken a break from his uh, white privilege struggle session. And he'd left the transgender bathroom at the Pentagon and came out. And he, I'm, I, I'm just assuming this is what happened. Uh, but then he urged uh, the commander of NORTHCOM not to take kinetic action due to the risk of safety. And uh, security of the people on the ground from the possible debris field. In terms of size, I'm not able to get into specifics other than to say it's big enough that in reviewing our approach, we do recognize that any potential debris field would be significant and potentially cause civilian injuries or deaths or significant property damage. I don't believe that. I don't think that is true. I think that the US has very advanced military capabilities. And this is a very vast country that is largely uninhabited. And the idea that one of our aviators can't capture or completely destroy a Chinese spy balloon without killing civilians is just patently absurd. And clearly some CYA they didn't want to have to answer for why they did not shoot this thing down. Then Bloomberg reported U.S. officials were well aware that the balloon was in U.S. airspace as early as January 28th and then it was over Idaho on Tuesday, and they didn't want to tell the public. Why didn't they want to tell the public? Because Secretary of State Blinken is supposed to go to China uh, now, this week, and and that trip is now off. Okay, so then then the question is, why why did it all take so long? Why do we know about it? Why did it all all take so long? It, it, It took so long, according to the administration, because this happens all the time. That's seriously their argument. The argument is, oh, we get these spy planes all the time. And they happened under Trump. They happened a lot more under Trump than they happened under under Biden. That that was the Biden administration's line. And Marco Rubio seemed to back it up. Rubio said this is not the first time that this has happened. It's not the first time, by the way. I mean, we've seen these uh, before. I, I just think uh, yesterday, the acknowledgement of it is because they knew people were going to be seeing it, and, and there were going to be reports about it, and you couldn't hide it. And look, there's... Those sensors and those things that they're gathering, but they can also get that information from satellites. They can get that information from all of the Huawei equipment and routers that are still installed across the United States. I mean, there's a million ways they can gather this information that they want, and they are doing it. Their espionage levels have grown as much as anything else. This is just one more method that they use to collect intelligence on us, and so we have to be cognizant of it and protect ourselves against it. So the first part is this is not the first time this has happened, seems to affirm what the Biden admin is saying, which is that we had all sorts of Chinese spy balloons under Trump. Except that after the Biden administration said that, and after Rubio said that, the former director of national intelligence, John Ratcliffe, came out and said, no, there were no Chinese spy balloons under Trump. Stop trying to distract from Biden's failures. This is not a Trump thing. This is not a permanent problem thing. This is on Joe Biden.
1: The Department of Defense is claiming that uh there were three balloons chinese spy balloons that entered the united States airspace during the trump administration and that they were not shot down and they were not disclosed can you please tell us the truth and if that's true
0: well it's not true i can i can refute it um uh former secretary of defense uh mark esper refuted it yesterday Sec- former secretary of state and cia director mike pompeo has refuted it But Maria, the American people can refute it for themselves. Um, uh, Do you remember during the Trump administration when uh, photographers on the ground and commercial airline pilots were talking about a spy balloon over the United States uh, that people could look up and see even with with the naked eye and that a media that hated Donald Trump wasn't reporting? I don't remember that either because it didn't happen. So Ratcliffe, former director of national intelligence, says it didn't happen. He refers here to Mike Pompeo, former CIA director, secretary of state, says it didn't happen. Mark Esper, former secretary of defense, says it didn't happen. In addition to that, Rick Grinnell, former acting DNI, says it didn't happen. Robert O'Brien, former national security advisor, says it didn't happen. And then here's to me the most convincing one. John Bolton, another former national security advisor, says it didn't happen. And John Bolton doesn't like Donald Trump. John Bolton left the Trump administration with a kind of a nasty relationship with Trump. He wrote a book about how he disagreed with Trump on all sorts of things. And so Bolton has a lot of credibility here. Bolton-these guys have no incentive to carry water for Trump or hide something that happened under Trump. I suspect that it's all kind of a moot point in that, yes, the Biden administration is trying to deflect and trying to pretend that that this specific incident happened a lot under Trump, and so it's not a big deal and pay no attention. But the issue that Rubio is talking about and that others are talking about, the fact that China regularly spies on us all the time, they're doing it right now with our phones. If if you have TikTok, certainly, and in plenty of other ways, too, they are spying on the United States. So who cares? Who cares? What's, What's the point? Why are we talking about this now? And I think we are largely talking about this now because- one, people saw it with their own eyes. And so the, the administration did have its hand forced. But also, I strongly suspect that the reason that there is a big push to talk about this now is because it, it's sensational, but it doesn't really involve any new information. And actually, the stories that have been in the news recently have genuinely been scandalous, have been very bad for our ruling elite, and so much better to distract everybody with a balloon. Now, when you want to protect your data, seems pretty important when everyone's spying on us, you got to check out ExpressVPN. Right now, go to expressvpn.com slash Knowles. Companies are not just selling products anymore. They're selling you. Tech companies enrich themselves by taking your personal data. They grab your web history, your email metadata, and video searches to create a detailed profile on you. Then they sell that off to the highest bidder. When you go online without a VPN, internet service providers can see every single website you visit. They can legally sell this information without your consent to ad companies and tech giants who then use it to target you. To keep my data private, I have for a very, very long time now used ExpressVPN. I love ExpressVPN because it's super easy. You know I'm something of a Luddite. Very easy. You just download it to your laptop, your tablet, your phone, One click of a button, you are protected. You can mask your IP address with ExpressVPN. Reroutes your connection through an encrypted server that makes it more difficult for third parties to find you. Right now, if, like me, you believe that your data are your business, secure yourself with the number one rated VPN on the market. ExpressVPN.com slash Knowles. Get three extra months for free. ExpressVPN.com slash Knowles. ExpressVPN.com slash Knowles to learn more. You know what I want to talk about instead of that Spy balloon? I want to talk about how Project Veritas had more information than they released in that in that first expose on the Pfizer executive. I wanna talk about how they have clips of the Pfizer executive explaining how the VAX likely affects women's menstrual cycles. I
1: mean irregular about their menstrual cycles, so will have to investigate that down the line. Yeah. Well, that is a little concerning. It the shouldn't be interfering with that, so we don't really it, it shouldn't. It shouldn't. But is it? There's something happening but we don't know if to figure out. Well, I mean you're a urologist, so you must understand like what's going on with it, right? Like Well that's why I understand that uh, it's weird. How we don't find out that like there's somehow this mRNA, like, like losing the body and then you, like has because what it has to be
0: impacting something hormonal. they impact menstrual cycles. Yeah, or like the entire next generation is like super up. Could you imagine the scandal? Oh my
1: God! I mean, I take Pfizer off my resume.
0: Can you imagine? Can you? Because we were all told initially that there's no way that the vaccines possibly could affect women's menstrual cycles. In fact, you had public health officials go on television, on major television shows, and say it was scientifically, medically impossible for the vaccines to affect women's menstrual cycles, and then. A year, two years later, the scientists start to slowly admit, okay, it can have an effect on women's menstrual cycles. Yeah, okay, sure, but it's not a big deal. It it goes right back to normal. Forget about this, move along. And then you get this guy, the Pfizer executive, saying, man, something's up. And the, the honeypot undercover journalist says, are you saying that it's affecting women's menstrual cycles? And the Pfizer exec says, well, it's not supposed to. But is it? And what does the Pfizer exec say? He says what we've all been saying. He says, well, something's going on. Yeah, obviously something's going on. I, I love that, that shift, even in, in the speech of the Pfizer executive himself, where he says, well, it's not supposed to be happening. All of our genius scientists said it's not supposed to be happening. But like something's up, man, I, I don't know. I hope this isn't, isn't what it looks like. I'm going to have to take Pfizer off my resume, which he very well might have to do soon because of this expose. I'm I'm not even beating up on Jordan Walker, or the Pfizer guy. I'm, I'm frankly not even beating up on Pfizer so much as I'm beating up on the entire modern understanding of science. The modern understanding of science is that for all of human history, people have been big, stupid, superstitious idiots. And they were essentially doing rain dances and having shamanistic rituals by witch doctors. And none of that actually had a medical effect in the world. But now we've got serious scientists, guys like Dr. Fauci, and they wear white lab coats and they have stethoscopes on and they have fancy degrees from Harvard and Princeton and, and Johns Hopkins. And you can see it there. It's, and they they- they have spectacles on and really serious affect. And they tell you, I am the science. I represent the science. And so you can't argue with me. I'm not political. I'm just the science. And therefore, they're right about everything. And it turns out that those modern medical scientists are not all that different from the old witch doctor shamans dancing around doing the rain, the rain dance. The way that this Pfizer executive, clearly he'd had a couple drinks, the way that this Pfizer guy is talking about the vaccine is the way that all of us are talking about the vaccine. Just, huh, I, it's doing a thing that I thought it wasn't supposed to do. Wait, you said it was going to completely stop people from catching the virus, but that obviously wasn't true. And you said it was going to be totally safe, and you said it was going to be really effective, and none of that stuff turned out to be true. And what, usually when the Pfizer execs, when the Dr. Fauci's, when the public health people know that they're on TV, they keep a totally straight face. And they'll they'll just say, well, no. I, what are you talking about? I never said it was going to stop you from getting the virus. No. Well, I don't know. You, what you don't you just don't understand the science. And you, but privately, their reactions are exactly the same as all of our reactions. A friend of mine from college went to Harvard Medical School. Ended up getting all sorts of extra degrees. Brilliant, brilliant guy. And I a comment that he made has really uh, stuck with me over the years. Where we asked him, hey, you know, how's medical school? And and all this other extra research and scholarship that you're doing on top of the practical medical training. And he said, the more I study medicine, the more I am convinced that we still don't know anything about medicine. We don't know why medicines work a lot of the time. We are throwing spaghetti at the wall. We are not so different from the the people doing rain dances. The difference is the pride. The difference is that back then, at least, They didn't pretend to have every single answer to everything in the world. It was a little more trial and error. Today in in modern medicine, we actually are forced to believe contradictory statements from what the scientists told us the day before. Wear the masks. You have to wear the masks. Okay, that's the science. That's okay. If you dare question that, you're a dumb idiot. Don't wear the masks. The masks don't work. Well, that's the science. And I know it contradicts what he said yesterday, but okay, fine. You know what I want to talk about instead of the balloon? I want to talk about about the masks. I want to talk about how a gold standard review of mask science shows that the masks are not quite as effective as we had been told that they were. This is according to an analysis from the gold standard of evidence-based reviews, wearing medical and surgical masks or N95 or P2 respirators, so even the the fancier kind of masks, to stave off the transmission of respiratory viruses may be largely ineffective. We might be taken off of YouTube for saying this. I don't know. We already have had a strike against against this channel. We've had plenty of of, uh, medical disinformation, misinformation things censored out of the show because YouTube's rules say you're not But what am I supposed to do? I'm quoting the gold standard review here. I'm quoting a review from the Cochrane Institute, which updated its review from 2020. It examined 78 global studies comprising more than a million people found that wearing a mask in a community reduced the risk of getting flu or COVID-like illness By about 5%, we shut down society and then made everybody wear those stupid, uncomfortable, disgusting hankies on airplanes, in grocery stores, in school. We made these kids wear it in schools. It affected children's development because because human beings are mimetic creatures because we learn and are educated by mirroring the behavior that we see in other people. When you cover up someone's face, the effect that that has on all of society, but especially young babies, toddlers who are just learning, horrific, horrific effect. And we did all of that to reduce the risk of transmission of this cough by, according to the Cochrane Institute, about 5%. Quote, irrespective of the limitations of the study, its results indicate that the true impact of medical surgical masks and N95P2 respirators on the transmission of the viruses is at best very small, says Professor François Balou, professor of computational biology at University College London. All of which is to say, why do I bring this up? To advocate against mask policies? Why pretty much never wore the stupid masks. I wore them under only extreme duress if I had to take a flight, say, to go give a speech. And I thought that giving the speech was worth worth putting on the dumb hanky to to take the flight. But I bring it up now to give you a little bit of encouragement, maybe a little chastisement, maybe a little encouragement. I guess it's both. We were right. We were right the whole time about everything. We were right about the virulence of COVID, we were right about the efficacy of the masks, we were right about the safety of the vaccines, we were right about the efficacy of the vaccines. We were right about everything. And some people understood this very early on, pretty much right when the when the COVID pandemic dropped some people didn't know that. I think most people kind of know it now, but a lot of people didn't know it for a very long time. And the people who didn't know it for a very long time were the people who were willfully trying to deceive people, called us stupid, called us murderers, called us a threat to public health, called us uneducated, people in fancy lab coats, people on TV with really straight faces, even many Republicans, I'm sorry to say, they called us all those things. We were 100% right. So I'm not just spiking the football, doing a little victory dance, trying to bolster everyone's egos and pride. Quite the opposite. I'm trying to instill a little bit of humility in the other side, and I'm trying to encourage people. The next time this happens, the next time we're told, hey, if you, don't, if you don't put a hanky on your face and jump around on a pogo stick while singing zippity-doo-dah, you're actually endangering public health. All the scientists say so. And you say, huh, it doesn't sound quite right to me. I don't actually, I don't think that's true. I don't think, it. trust your gut. Your gut has a much better track record. Your gut is far wiser and more precise and more prudent than our current scientific medical establishment which is, in my view, far less credible than the shamans and the witch doctors and all the other weirdos throughout the history of science and medicine. We're not supposed to talk about that, though, okay, in, our, in this crazy society, which is going up and down because the people ruling it don't know what they're doing. That's why you got to check out gold. You got to check out birch gold. Right now, text Knowles to 989898, the U.S., has blown through its $31.4 trillion debt ceiling. That happened last month. Still, the White House refuses to reduce spending. And unfortunately, the opposition party is refusing to reduce spending now too. They won't touch a huge portion of federal spending, 46% of federal spending. They say that's off the table. If you are worried about the future of this nation's economy, you need to consider diversifying into gold with Birch Gold. Birch Gold makes it easy to convert an IRA or 401k into an IRA in precious metals. Text Knowles, K W L E S to 989898 to claim your free info kit on gold and then talk to one of their precious metals specialists. With an A-plus rating with the Better Business Bureau, thousands of happy customers, and countless five-star reviews, you can trust Birch Gold to help protect your savings. Text Knowles, K W L E S to 989898 to protect yourself with gold today. That is Knowles to 989898. Today, we're not supposed to be talking about the Pfizer expose. Naughty, naughty. We're not supposed to be talking about all of the errors and lies and deceit from COVID. Our ruling class doesn't want us talking about that. And, And they are going to censor people who make this a big issue. Facebook and Instagram are moving right now to ban permanently Project Veritas from their platforms. And the reason is the Pfizer sting video because that was a good one. James O'Keefe, he usually brings the heat. I mean, he comes with really good stuff. Not every Project Veritas expose is created equal. Some of them have been less shocking than others. This one's pretty good. The Pfizer exec video is pretty good. And Facebook and Instagram know it. That's why they want to ban James O'Keefe and Project Veritas. Even Twitter, even Twitter under Elon uh, locked Project Veritas out for about two hours. I assume then they got the call from Elon. they was like, what are you guys doing? Get, put, put Project Veritas back on. But if Elon did not run Twitter, Project Veritas almost certainly would still be off the platform. They don't want us talking about that. And, and to me, this is a meta-political lesson. The politics of politics that's worth paying attention to. Whenever there's a big sensational story, whenever there's a big glittery spy balloon, the first question to ask is not, wow, what's going on with that balloon? What are all the details? Huh, let's see. What is CNN saying about the balloon? The first question to ask is, why is this being put in front of me? Why is CNN talking about this balloon? Why is NBC? Why is the New York Times? Why is Washington Post talking about this balloon? And what are we not talking about while we're talking about that? What is, the, This is one of these little, tri- it's a little Jedi mind trick of politics. But at, at least as important as, what are we all focused on in politics? At least as important as that question is, what are we not focused on? Well, the magician has his hand doing all sorts of little showy movements over here. What is that other hand doing? You know what I want to talk about Well, everybody's talking about the balloon? I want to talk about the upending of our culture. I want to talk about the deliberate plan by our ruling elites to blot out an important swath of American culture. And it's not just me talking about it. Senator Josh Hawley's talking about it as well.
1: Now, they said inflation was transitory. They said Russia's economy would crumble under the
0: sanctions. Of course, China did the big backdoor bailout, buying their oil, their ag. Other countries followed suit know, we could go on and on with their failed predictions. Have they gotten anything right here? No, they haven't, Laura, but I do, I will tell, tell you this, they are getting what they wanted in an ultimate sense, which is they want to remake our economy. Joe Biden wants to remake our economy such that we don't have any more blue collar work in this country, we don't have jobs for working people. All of those folks have to depend on the government, and all we have instead is this this climate green economy where you have to have a fancy degree, where you have to get a white-collar job in a big city, and if you want to live in the middle of the country, there are no jobs for you. That's what they want. They don't like blue-collar workers. They don't like blue-collar culture, and so they're trying to wipe it out by changing our economy. And, Laura, they are succeeding. We have got to stop them. Joe Biden wants to remake our economy such that we don't have any more blue collar work in this country. We don't have jobs for working people. All of those folks have to depend on the government. That's his claim. And it's going to be written off by the liberals and by the squishes and the liberal adjacent Republicans as just a bunch of populist demagoguery. Here we go. Here's Josh Hawley trying to rile up the people. What he's saying is obviously true. The way that we know it's true is that the elites talk about it openly. They say, oh, we've got these bitter clingers out there. We've got these deplorable, irredeemable people. They just need to go away. That's what the libs say. And then what, what do the squishes on the right say? They write long articles about how small-town America needs to die, about how it's good that blue-collar jobs, or not even blue-collar jobs, I guess just what, what are it's called... Unskilled jobs are shipped overseas. It's, it's funny that, that these jobs are called unskilled because as you see the advent of artificial intelligence and in ChatGPT, you're noticing that the jobs that are most at risk of being replaced right now actually are white collar jobs. <laughs> it's, it's actually accountants, some kinds of business people, journalists, actually. The, the only people who have at this moment lost their jobs as a result of ChatGPT are BuzzFeed journalists whose work is now going to be done by this computer. So there's a kind of irony to that. But the way that this is working in practice does not change the plans and dreams of the ruling class, which they say is, oh, get rid of the small town stuff, this blue collar stuff. Nobody does, learn to code. So they learn to code, you blue collar idiots. Why? Then you can be like me, you can be living in a tiny little pod apartment in a major metropolitan city with no family, writing listicles for BuzzFeed all day long about how terrible small-town America is. That learn to code, idiots. Now, of course, what what is actually happening? Because of the advent of artificial technology, the new slogan is learn to weld. As, as all the journo jobs getting taken away. Say, so actually, maybe you should learn plumbing. Learn to plumb, huh? Learn to weld, don't. Learning to code is not going to help you very well. ChatGPT is going to code a lot better than you can. But but the point, we can, we can get a kick out of the, the difference between the, the liberal elite's plans and what's actually happening in practice. But the plans are important because we need to know what's our response to it. What's our vision here? They have a political vision. Their political vision is get rid of all the, the rube, idiot, deplorable, irredeemable Americans. We need to get rid of our political traditions, our local communities, our subsidiarity. We need to get rid of a lot of our national sovereignty, ship it all off to those geniuses in Davos, the World Economic Forum and the other international institutions. Just give them all the power, let them run our lives. And that way we can all just sit in pods and eat bugs and all be androgynous. And there are no men and there are no women. And there's, There's nothing ornate or distinctive or beautiful or traditional about life. That's their plan in a nutshell. So what's our vision? Unfortunately, in recent decades on the right, our vision has been pretty much the same. In recent decades on the right, because of a a very shallow misunderstanding of what liberty means, we've pretty much gone along with that. We've said, oh yeah, on the gender stuff, we've said, yeah, do whatever you want. Just don't make me pay for it. That's fine though. You can chop off your body parts or have whatever kind of weird sex stuff you wanted. That's totally fine. No big deal and on small-town America. Yeah, why would you want to stay in small-town America? Let's go to Wall Street, baby. Greed is good. Let's do it. We're all going to be Gordon Gecko. We're going to be Leo DiCaprio in that Wolf of Wall Street movie. Yeah, man. Let's, we're going to be Ayn Rand. Let's go do it. And then in, just in terms of the economy itself, we've been told that creative destruction is the greatest thing possible. We just need profits above all else, boost up that GDP, ship all our jobs overseas. That's fine because GDP might go up and we'll get cheap junk from China. And then because the junk that China makes is going to be cheaper than what we could make here in the United States, then everybody's going to make a little bit more money as consumers. We're going to be a consumer society that that just has a little bit more profit margin for corporations. Won't that be great? That's what we're conserving. There was always this schizophrenia to Republican political speeches over the last 20, 30 years, which is on the one hand, they said, we need to defend traditional American values, small town America, change begins at the dinner table. Also, we need creative destruction. Do whatever you want. Yeah, you don't, we we should loosen up the marriage laws. Yeah, that's totally fine. We can have divorce. We can have, uh, people shouldn't have large families. Yeah, we can just move to the cities and ship our jobs overseas, and that's a great thing. What are we conserving? Are we only conserving profits? There are many people on the right who, if you got them, if you had a couple drinks with them, like the undercover journalist with Pfizer, they would admit that to you. They'd say, yeah, that's what we're conserving. They would would say it a little more euphemistically. They'd say, we're conserving liberty. But by liberty, they don't mean an exalted liberty. They don't mean the Edmund Burke kind of liberty. They don't mean the founding fathers, George Washington kind of liberty that is circumscribed by a, a... pretty well-defined view of morality and the way society is supposed to work and our roles in society and gender roles and social roles and all the rest. No, they just mean go go do whatever you want whenever you want to do it. What are we conserving? We'd just be conserving leftism at that point. Now, some conservatives had the right idea. There's this great Congress lady. I have more respect for her by the day, Victoria Sparts. She moved to the US in 2000. She worked in local politics, a businesswoman. And then she ran for Congress in 2020. And now she's going to quit Congress. She's not going to quit. She just isn't going to run for re-election. So she's going to fulfill her job, her, her promise to her constituents. But she said, I want a lot of tough battles for the people and will work hard to win a few more in the next two years. However, being a working mom is tough and I need to spend more time with my two high school girls back home. So I won't run for office in 2024. It's been my honor representing Hoosiers in the Indiana State Senate and U.S. Congress, and I appreciate the strong support on the ground. 2024 will mark seven years of holding elected office over a decade in Republican politics. Now I'm going to go spend time with my girls because they're in high school now and we, I need, they need their mom. Yes, good. Yeah, now we're talking, man. Oh, Now someone's talking like even slightly, almost kind of a little bit like they want to conserve something that really matters this is a great thing. Yeah, she should be with her daughters. And she has more of an obligation to be with her daughters than if she were a man. That's true. A lot of people are going to say, oh no, come on, Victoria, you're only giving in because you're a woman and you feel like mothers need to bear so much more of the responsibility of actually nurturing and raising children. And to that, and to that I say, yes, that's true. That's true. If she were a man, she wouldn't have this kind of pressure. To be at home quite as much. That's just a fact of life. Women are more nurturing. Mothers do have more of a role in the tactile, minute by minute raising of children. And she's acknowledging that. And she's saying, I got to do that. I got to put that first. That's more important. That is more important. Thank you. Thank you to any Republican acknowledging these basic realities that, that contradict our modern liberal, interchangeable, everybody is the same thing. We're all androgynous kind of ideology, which is obviously wrong. Good job. She made the right, I'm sure it was a tough decision, but it was totally the right decision. Folks, we've got a timely and important book to share with you today. New York Times bestselling author Heather McDonald has teamed up with DW Books to bring you a powerful new book, When Race Trumps Merit, How the Pursuit of Equity Sacrifices Excellence, Destroys Beauty, and Threatens Lives. Uh, Heather McDonald is one of the smartest and and most correct, most on the money political commentators and scholars out there today. She's just so extremely impressive. And she always brings the receipts, and her books are always great. And this one is no exception. This book is terrific. Do you believe in fairness and merit? Do you care about the future of our society and the institutions that shape it? This book is for you. In When Race Trumps Merit, Heather exposes the dangerous consequences of prioritizing race. Over merit in all aspects of society. And I'm I'm not just talking about this political area or admissions here or hiring here. Because Heather is so deeply cultured, she she talks about the kind of basic aspects of our politics. Then she's talking about opera, she's talking about music, she's talking about law enforcement, she's talking about everything. Our institutions being eroded and destroyed in the name of equity. Hits the shelves April 18th. You can pre order your copy today at Amazon or wherever books are sold. Speaking of family values, great news. Mark Hauck was just found not guilty. Who is Mark Hauck? You might remember him. We've mentioned him on the show here before. He's a pro life activist and he was brought up on Face Act charges. Face Act is a terrible law that says that people have the right to go to abortion mills to kill their babies without having to to deal with protesters. Or Very often, the pro-lifers outside of abortion factories are, are not even yelling or protesting. It's nothing like BLM or Antifa. They're usually standing there praying, but the FACE Act has been weaponized by the Biden administration to try to stop the pro-lifers even from praying. You saw this in the UK. There was a video we covered on this show of a woman silently praying, silently in her own mind, praying across the street from an abortion center, and she was arrested for it. And we are not that far off from that degree of tyranny in this country, all to to preserve what Democrats consider to be the sacred act of murdering babies. So this guy, Mark Hauck, was brought up on these charges. And uh, specifically, it was because he pushed a Planned Parenthood escort who was threatening his own son, his little son who was there also praying outside of a Planned Parenthood. so he was found not guilty. Of course he should have been found not guilty. It was a terrible miscarriage of justice that the guy was even brought up on these charges. And while I want to celebrate and I don't want to bring everybody down because this is a victory and we should celebrate it, the DOJ still got what it wanted here. The Biden administration still got what it wanted. The pro-abortion fanatics still got what they wanted. They didn't get everything that they wanted because this guy's not in an orange jumpsuit, but they got a lot because they dragged him through this terrible legal process they smeared his name and his reputation and they sent a warning to other pro-life activists yeah, don't show up don't show up outside these clinics it's going to be a problem for you yeah you're going to maybe you won't go to jail but we're going to we're going to make your life a living hell for months maybe years yeah maybe you're going to want to think twice before you go pray the rosary outside of Planned Parenthood yeah and people are going to get that message. The pro-lifers are are so clear-minded on this issue that I don't it's very hard to discourage pro-lifers. But there will be some people who will be discouraged. Well, it's just gosh, I got a lot on my plate this coming year. Do I really have time to go through a potential long legal battle? I don't know. That's the message. That's the message that they want. They don't they didn't need any real law. They didn't need any justice to do it. They could just wield the federal agencies like the jackbooted thugs that they are, the same people that are kicking down doors at Mar-a-Lago, invading the home of a former president, those same people being weaponized by a very corrupt president. Not good stuff. Speaking of crime, there's a video that's gone viral of a, a little girl getting beaten up on a bus. Uh, we've blurred the face of the victims here it's a nine-year-old girl being beaten up by what appears to be a high school student on a bus. And you can see this poor little girl. You can make out the size of her body. Relatively, you know, obviously, quite small. And the, the, the just absolute animal pummeling her is this huge kid who's obviously much, much older. It's just, it's heinous. That's all, all I can watch of it. And we still blurred, blurred a lot of it. Uh, horrible scene. In a way, it's good that, that the kids have cell phones now. You wish that any of the people with cell phones who videotape these crimes would put the phone down and go help, but they don't do that. At least they're videotaping it so that we can see it though. So what are we going to do about it? What are we going to do about it? The answer in a, in a lot of blue states and a lot of blue cities, which is where a lot of this stuff is taking place, the answer sadly is nothing. And the reason we're going to do nothing about it is because the decision makers' kids will never have to go to that school. The people who are responsible for harsher discipline, for protecting students, for increasing educational outcomes, they have zero incentive to do that. That kid who pummeled, that that giant animal who was pum- pummeling that poor little girl, he got a, a citation for it. The kid should be in juvie. I don't know how old he is. I hope he's not 18. If he's 18, he should be in prison. But if he's under 18, he should be in juvie for that. That's, that is psycho behavior. That is not just kids get into a scrap on the playground. I don't think we need to call the cops every time a couple of boys get into a fight on the playground at recess, okay? But when a giant, hulking animal teenager starts pummeling some poor little nine, nine-year-old girl on the school bus, relentlessly pummeling her, that kid needs to go to juvie, okay? I don't, I don't think that's so extreme, but it won't happen that none of that stuff will happen because the the incentives to to help now are only if your kids go to that school, the lawmakers' kids won't go to that school. And for the purposes of justice, which, which most lawmakers don't seem to care about these days, and, and our whole culture mocks the idea of justice and retribution and a moral order and tradition. So that's at the window. And then what are the disincentives to do anything? The moment that you go in and try to fix these schools, the teacher unions are going to come after you like crazy. And because these, these incidents are often happening in Democrat areas, the Democrats are totally in the pocket of the teacher union. So, that's not going to do anything. It, the moment you get involved, especially if it's a school with a lot of black students at it, you're going to be called a racist. You're be, any, anything you try to do to reform these schools, you're going to be called a racist. People who try to offer educational alternatives, like charter schools, are called racist somehow for improving the educational outcomes of black students. Somehow, you're still called. So, and, and racist is the worst thing you can be called in society. There's an absolutely no incentive there. And there's lots of other problems, and hey, we got to talk about that stupid balloon in the sky. So no one is going to pay attention to it. It's a, it's sad. I I wish that we could do something, but what? And also, what are we going to do when it's it's happening in liberal areas, and when even the federal government is entirely controlled by the libs? It's just not going to happen. Other than the House of Representatives, we can call some hearings. It's not. It's not going to matter. And it's not going to matter not just because of certain bad people in office. It's not going to matter because of the very structural problems, especially when it comes to education. Speaking of racial politics, this, I I can't, I can't leave before playing this. Sweet little Elisa sent this to me yesterday. She goes, Mac, you, you gotta see this. I said, oh, I don't know. I I actually already, I finished writing my show, the points I wanna talk about tomorrow. You know, we all have to talk about that dumb balloon. She goes, no, Mac, you gotta, you gotta see this. This is a, new Disney show. It's actually a, a reboot of an old Disney show, which I had never heard of, but it's called The Proud Family. This is the show.
1: This country was built on slavery, which means slaves, slaves built this country. Tilled this land from sea to sea to sea. First, it was rice, tobacco, sugar cane. Then Whitney did his thing and cotton became king. And we were its soldiers. Four, four million strong. Fighting for America's freedoms, even though we remained America's slaves. slaves. Built this country. The descendants of slaves continue to it. Slaves built, built this country. country and we the descendants of slaves in America have earned reparations for their suffering and continue to earn reparations every moment we spend submerged in the systemic prejudice racism and white, white supremacy, supremacy that America was founded with and still has not atoned for slaves built, built this country. country not only field hands but carpenters masons blacksmiths musicians inventors built cities from James L. Washington. Washington. And we demand our 40 acres and a mule. You can keep the mule. Keep the 40. We're taking our freedom.
0: So at first, as I'm watching it, I was waiting for the punchline because it's so over the top. It's this stupid slam poetry. It's making a historical point that's just not true. Obviously, slaves contributed to the building of the country. But to say that slaves built the country, one, is to really overstate the prevalence of slavery in the United States compared to everywhere else in the world. Compared to everywhere else in the world, especially outside the West, slavery existed in this country for a very, very short period of time. And people were always uncomfortable with it. And it was being phased out from the the nation post-revolution's earliest days. But two, it also ignores the significance of ideas in human nature. and in human progress, and in history. Because the slaves did a lot of physical work, not denying that the slaves did a lot of physical labor, but the slaves very rarely did or had the opportunity to contribute the ideas that craft the country. Slaves didn't write the Constitution. Slaves didn't write the Federalist Papers. Slaves didn't establish the House of Burgesses. Slaves didn't do any of those things. I'm not saying it's the slaves' fault. The slaves were slaves, so they didn't have much of an opportunity to do it. But obviously, uh, history is propelled in part by physical actions and labor, and just kind of regular till the fields kind of labor, then by physical actions that are inspired by ideas, and then by ideas themselves. I mean, right, the pen is mightier than the sword in many ways. So the historical idea, preposterous. And then the slam poetry angle, so absurd, such a, a such a, a caricature. But then I said, okay, well you know what it's going to be. It's going to be at the end of the video. They're going to get done with this stupid performance, and then the audience is just going to be silent. Like what, huh? Oh, this is a talent show, guys. Why are you? Then what happens? No, there's a standing ovation. There's no. What's the punchline? The punchline is, listen to our <laughs> our frankly Maoist political uh, screed, and then you better stand up and applaud too, kids. That's what Disney is putting out. That's why DW Kids exists. That's why we're doing it. That's why Jeremy is investing $100 million in DW Kids and and the other entertainment content so that your kids don't. I I cannot subscribe to Disney if that is the kind of crap that my kids are going to see. And then I, I said, what is this cartoon? It's called The Proud Family. And I thought, of course it is. Because all this stuff always comes back to some deadly sin and almost always pride. It's the pride parades. It's, the, it's Sam Smith giving a Satan performance at the Grammys. We don't have time to get to that today. We'll get to it tomorrow. It's, it's the proud family. It's, it always comes back to some sin. It always comes back to some devilish imagery. And that's, so anyway, that's what you're getting from Disney. If you want your kids to live miserable lives, cultivate the vices, and probably worship Satan, subscribe to Disney. That's a good idea. If you don't want that, you don't want them to learn bogus, historical, anti-historical nonsense, and you want them to uh, flourish and be educated and live good, virtuous lives, head on over to DW Kids. It's Music Monday. We got some great music today. The rest of the show continues now. If you're not a member, become a member. DailyWire.com slash Use code Knowles at checkout. Get two months free on all annual plans.